Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. This is the How to Trade It podcast. We talk about the real stories behind successful traders. You will learn the strategies that the best traders use in today's markets. And we get those experts to show us how to trade it. Hello, this is Casey Stubbs with the How to Trade It podcast, and I'm here with Cameron Binion from Young Money Investments. Hey, Cameron, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be here on the podcast. Great. Well, thanks a lot. So we had a lot to talk about beforehand, a lot of good stuff that probably should have been recorded. It would have been great for the podcast, but, you know, we're going to keep going. We're going to just continue where we left off. So I do want to start out by asking you, just tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how old are you, what do you do, all that fun stuff. Yeah, sounds good. So kind of like we talked about kind of before the show, I'm 29. I'm from Vancouver, Washington. I have been trading or technically investing since I was 16 years old. I started back in high school. Didn't have a lot of money. It was around the time of the Great Recession. So 08, 09, I kind of just figured it was kind of a, I figured, you know, the stock market was really down in the dumps at the time. I thought, you know, if I invest some money now, I'm pretty much guaranteed to eventually it's going to go up, you know, and it's kind of what got me sparked and got me into it. Thought I was going to go into medicine and ended up actually through kind of doing door-to-door sales, summer sales every summer in college, realizing that there was something to this whole trading game. There was something to the stock market. And lo and behold, here I am, like I said, 10, well, no, we're coming up on 13 years later, I guess, age and myself, you know, young money investments is what I do full time now. So it's really fun. Yeah. So when you first got in, the recession was on. What did you get into? What type of investments did you take at that time? You know, so I had a guy with Edward Jones. He actually knocked on our door. Funny thing, again, door to door. had knocked and I went to him and really it was mutual funds. I wasn't planning on doing a lot of stocks. It cost $50 per trade back then to get into things. So I wasn't a big trader, obviously, and I got into Procter & Gamble. I was dating a girl at the time. Her dad worked for Procter & Gamble. So what you're familiar with, you know, right. I know a lot. And the big hit was Facebook. I got into Facebook when it was like 1840 I think it was like 1840 a share or, you know, in that mid $18 range after it dropped from its IPO around $42. And I sold back at 60 a little while later, I regret that now, obviously. But yeah, three that, times your money, though. I mean, that's I, a great yeah. trade. Three X, four X. Yeah, I couldn't complain, you know, at the yeah. time, right? And just had picked, you know, started had picked some good winners. Procter and Gamble had did really well for me, and so that was again, like I said, those early days before I did Young Money Investments. Those were really the things that got the snowball rolling, so to speak. 
So you were 16. Most 16-year-olds don't know anything about the market. How did you even find out that there was a stock market at 16? You know, again, I didn't come from a family that had money. I mean, my mom, it's a humbling thing, you know, to share about share it now because my mom is successful. But my mom made $25,000 a year working in the special ed department at the high school I went to. And so we didn't have a lot of money, you know, growing up. And so we had this stock market challenge game. There was just a module that sophomore year of high school. And I ended up placing first. If memory serves me correct, someone's going to get on here and go, no, you didn't place first. No, (laughs) I'm like 99% sure I placed first out of a group of, you know, 100 plus students. And anytime you do good, you know, at a young age, right, you go, I'm kind of interested in this. And so that was really the catalyst that got me to the financial advisor, you know, and to just start a portfolio. I've always been a big saver. And so I was able to put that money into stocks, but that was really what got me started. So you were you're like, this is kind of fun. What was it though? Was it the potential to make money? Was it like, okay, I could see myself really making some money here. You know, it wasn't even about the money. It was, I knew that I wanted to be a doctor. I thought that was the way to financial freedom. I thought going to medical school, becoming an ophthalmologist, being a surgeon was the way to do it. And I thought, I need to learn about this now so that I can turn my salary into a retirement fund. Believe it or not, that was what got me started. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. I love your name, Young Money Investments. You know, one thing you don't know about me because I didn't tell you is that I have nine kids. And so my son, I look at all my kids, I look at them as future millionaires. Okay. That's one of the things that I do. And I'm like, okay, you're a future millionaire, but I'm not going to give you the money just so you know, but I get them started investing. So my son, he makes a paycheck every week. He's 14 and he has to put a certain amount in investments, right? So he's picking his stocks, he's taking his trades and I own the account, but he's managing it. And so, you know, you're the young money investments. It's cool to see young people taking the time to learn this and to go forward. And so I want him to be ready to go by the time he's ready to move out he'll be able to do whatever he wants. So is that one of the things that you look at with these young money, like you're trying to get younger people and get them on the right foot financially and to get a source of revenue? Yeah, 100%. I think, like I said, not really having a mentor there, you know, growing up, at least to teach me the ropes. And, you know, I was very fortunate, like I said, starting out in the door-to-door industry, you make a lot of money really quick. I mean, I had a roommate in college that, He showed up with this big truck and, you know, safe full of guns and bought, you know, expensive fish every day or Jamba Juice. I was like, how the heck is this guy? I thought this guy came from family money. And uh, he made $112,000 in four and a half months selling door to door. And from there, getting in with this group of usually 18 to 24 year old guys, college age guys, and having that money. And a lot of times, again, he was proud of the fact that he blew through $100,000 in a year. You know, I looked at it as a way to really actually teach a lot of these guys that were like me that were making money that most people, most average Americans were making in a full year working. We were making in several months. And so I really could relate to the idea that you need to be careful with that money. You need to put it aside and put it in investments, just like you're talking about. I want to be able to give my kids at eight to 10 years old a trading account. And by the time they're 16, what they make in that trading account, that's what they pay for their first car with. I don't want to give them their first car. I hope that they can 
purchase their own car through right. sweat equity. You don't learn when it's handed to you. No. And I never had that. And so that's what has really driven me to, you know, if you want to learn, this is the place to do it. If you want to grind, if you want to be a grinder, if you have what it takes, I will help you get there kind of thing. And that's really the sound like founding principles of Young Money Investments is if you're willing to put in the work, I'm willing to teach you, you know, so I love it. I really do love it, though. So you were doing door to door sales and that was like security. So what was the payout? Like, was there a commission base? Did you get any hourly rate or is it 100 percent commission? 100 percent commission, you know, and it was the best job, honestly and truly, even if you suck at it, even if you're not good whatsoever at it. it <laughs> like you it, smell and you're just a really annoying person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, learning to hear no and learning to hear rejection. I mean, and that's the cool thing. I mean, all people are going to do is tell you no, but a commission is, it's really good. In different companies, we could do a whole podcast probably on door to door, but there is so much to be learned and so much to be had. And I mean, I'm not really afraid to share it. I made 68,000 my first summer selling in four and a half months. And again, for a guy like myself, I mean, I didn't have money. I really didn't come for money. So so for you, this is like insane. Life-changing, it blew my mind that there were guys out there making three quarters of a million dollars, some of them. I mean, some of them making... Everybody was young, too? Were most of them young guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, the oldest guys out there are like early 30s, which early 30s is old. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, we're talking 21-year-olds that are making a quarter million dollars in a few months. And so it's... We call them the golden handcuffs because... It was really the launching pad for me to be able to get into trading, to be able to spend the time. To have the money, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to make money when you don't have any money. You know, people want to turn $100 into 1000 And it's about the percentage growth. For me, it was always has and always will be. You can only do what you can based on percentage growth. It's not, this isn't the craps table. Like, you have to really work and protect the capital that you have. And so I was really fortunate in the aspect that I had some disposable income in the beginning to take some licks, to take some losses, you know, but so grateful that I'm here now. And I think taking that knowledge that I learned from those losses, I can help people that maybe don't have as much income, but, you know, I still do encourage, you know, some of those riskier moves while you're young, take the risk while you're young. You can learn a lot. So you learned a lot going door to door and you said you learned about people saying no. So like, what was the rejection ratio there? Like, it's kind of like trading, right? You lose a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And especially in the beginning, you know, it was a craft that I developed. Like I said, I was fortunate to, when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. And so that first summer, I really had nothing to lose. And and I really wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the best in the company. And, you know, I did about 115 sales as a rookie, which in alarms, you know, if you break a hundred, that's really good. The fail ratio, I forget what it was in the beginning. I mean, I would say I closed probably one to two out of 10. So still that's really good. You know, what's Uh, cool about that. And, you know, in trading, if you have a 20%, you're still losing with this, you lose nothing. You're literally, there's no risk. Yeah. No. And that's what enticed me. I mean, that was the thing. I'm like, all I have is to give is my time. There is no potential to lose money today. Yeah, there's food and there's your daily burn, right? But really, if you didn't live lavishly, all you have to give is your efforts. And if you were willing to put in the grind, you could make, you know, a thousand, two thousand, sometimes more in a day. And that was really what got me on that path. But 
really you can't scale. That was the other big thing about door to door is you cannot scale like you can in the stock market. I mean, this to me is the real golden handcuffs now is trading because you can scale from a few hundred dollar days, you can scale to six or eight hundred dollar days. And over the course of time, right, you know, years, you can scale then to a thousand and fifteen hundred and two thousand. And are there losses in there? Absolutely. But this is limitless. And to me, you know, I don't know if you ever watched that movie Limitless. Like I wanted to use my mind to be able to create unlimited wealth and that's what I want to do. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you did that for a while and then you were, were you continually in the market the whole time? Cause you had started with your Edward Jones and all that. Were you still, or did you totally get out or, you know, I never got out. I would say I, you know, I definitely always had that long-term investment, you know, mindset, but I definitely started to take my losses. So I am not a big fan of Robin hood. Hopefully you don't have any affiliation with Robin hood. I loved Robinhood at the beginning because that was the start of free trading, right? All these free trading apps started to come out. And really my biggest YouTube video, my I think has probably 160,000 views. And it's like my, I call it like my one hit wonder. You know, I have a few that have <laughs> several thousand. But, you know, that was my viral video was why to not use Robinhood. And it was because I learned through experience, right? That they're selling your trading data. They're selling your trades to hedge funds. They're selling them to high frequency traders. And I get so much hate for that video, which is really ironic because I'm trying to help people understand you're not doing yourself any favors. You're doing yourself a disservice by using this. And it was things I never knew growing up, but it's just one of those things that, you know, I started losing some money trying to swing trade and day trade and through those losses was able to kind of get to where. And were you doing that on Robinhood? Well, I started swing trade. Yeah. So I started out, like I said, with Edward Jones, then I got into Robinhood, you know, and then started getting into the more traditional platforms that really you pay to play. You know, there are, and granted, you know, a lot of these are still commission free, but having to, there is something to be said. If you are not paying for a service, you are the product. You really are. And, that's something I didn't, it took a while to learn that lesson. Right. Like Facebook, your data, right? Yes. Data's big business. That is the equivalent of gold back in the day, I think, is your data. Yeah. Wow. So now let's fast forward a little bit. Now you're trading futures. Yeah. Futures, you know, futures, like I said, I'm a big believer in diversification. And really, it's time as the ultimate commodity we have. And so not everyone can day trade, but really day trading futures is my main method of making daily profit. You don't have to be in the markets all day long. It can be very quick. You know, you have your morning trades and futures are just trading the S&P 500 futures has been by far and away the most profitable way that I have found to make money consistently to mitigate risk, you know, your downside, your potential losses and to be able to do it consistently. Now, I say it's the best way to mitigate risk and maybe some experience. I was going to ask that because to me it's very (laughs) risky. Yeah. No, it is. And you have to have a game plan. I'm very blunt in the sense that you have to have a plan. You have to have the trade already mapped out. I'm a big believer in mapping out your trade before you get in. You need to have a predetermined entry price. And if it doesn't get there, you can't trade. You have to be willing to sit on your hands. And that's the hard part. You have to be willing to have 
a target price, a target profit, and have a stop loss in place. And you have to stick to that because have I always done that? No. And that's what bites me in the butt. But if you can get really consistent, if you can be disciplined, to me, there's no better vehicle than trading futures, honestly. So when you're mapping it out, so you, are you like a set and forget type guy? So, okay, if it goes to, I'm waiting for the entry. If it goes here, I'm in and I set my stop and my take profit and then I just let it go. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, do I watch it and do I sometimes have a sixth sense, so to speak, about how a trade is going to play out and develop? Absolutely. But I really am a firm believer, especially as you start in the markets, you have to just be disciplined. You have to be very robotic about things because you lose a lot more money based off of the way that you were emotional about a trade rather than if you went in with that set plan and yeah, kind of that set it and forget it mindset. So going from stocks to futures is actually a pretty big move because it's buying the E-mini is not like a stock. I mean, not at all, because the risk is way more. The amount of money you're making is way more. The leverage is way more. And the way it moves is can be pretty fast at times. So what was the learning curve like for that? Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. You know, I started on the micro E-minis, you know, so you have your MES, your ES. Some of the listeners don't know, you know, if you're trading the micro E-mini contracts, you know, it's $5 per point versus the E-minis are $50 per point, which that was a big step up. I got into it with the intent that I wanted to create an algorithm. I wanted to create a bot that could really, again, very just basically manage everything for me. And you know, I think we don't realize how good our brains are at really doing it. And so, again, the bot aside, the automated trading side, there were some losses, you know, and there, you know, especially creating an algorithm, there have been drawdowns, there have been losses. And it, I would say, I was already a, a very experienced trader by the time I got into futures. Would I do it if I did it all over again? Would I start with futures? Yeah, I probably would. And there were losses along the way, but it was usually me being stupid, me thinking that I was smarter than, than I was. And I can't tell you, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. You go into it thinking you're smarter than you really are, that you're the exception, that you're the one in a hundred. And I think I've, it's humbled me. It's humbled me time and time again. 
And I get emotional, honestly, talking about it because, you know, if I could go back and tell younger me, I have had tens of thousands of dollars in losses, probably six figures in losses. But if I could tell younger me, like I said, it's so weird. I get emotional about this. But if I could go back and tell younger me, like, this is what I would do. I would just say, you're not smart. You're not gifted. (laughs) You just got to grind. You know, you just really got to go put your shoulders to the wheel and don't get greedy. Don't get greedy out there because I definitely think greed and fear are the two things that drive the markets. And I tell my students, if you can understand the markets aren't about what news article came out, it's about greed and fear. And you can see it all in real time in red and green candles on the charts. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. It took years. It took tens of thousands of dollars. But that if I could sum it up for your listeners, the markets are about greed and fear. And if you can first learn to control your emotions, you will learn to conquer the markets, honestly. Yeah. I like your point about the grind. I feel like successful people are usually pretty humble. A lot of people will think that they're not, that they're arrogant. But the reason is, is because when you're working and it's not necessarily just the markets, but it's in the markets, in business, in any industry, when you're grinding, life beats the crap out of you. Right. And if you think that you're something great, usually wake up to a rude awakening and that brings the humility like look i'm not that special because i just got the crap beat out of me and you just got to get back up and keep going and then you get it beat up again and then you get beat up again and that's what keeps you humble and i can definitely see that humility in you as you're trying to do this every day (laughs) yeah and it does take an air of confidence you know i'm probably one that i do believe you have to believe you're good if you don't wake up the markets will beat you up day in and day out, right? You have to wake up with an air of confidence knowing I believe in myself. I believe in the program or the pattern that I'm trading. I believe in the setups that I've seen time and time again. You have to have some confidence, like I said, when you are trading, but you also have to be a very confident, humble guy. Because again, like I said, the markets, I tell everyone in the group very consistently, The markets don't care that you have bills to pay. They don't care that you have a baby to maybe feed. They don't care that you didn't come from money and that, you know, you don't have a lot of money to trade. They don't care if that is the last red cent in your trading account. The market will take it. And if you can't be humble, it will disappear just as fast as that overnight success might have come. You know, that's pretty interesting when you think of the concept. And I don't know the word to use to describe it, like if it's a paradigm or an enigma or something, but it's just so strange when you think of humility and confidence, you don't think of them being together, right? Like you think of confidence as like, this guy's arrogant. If you think he's confident, you don't think of him as being humble. And so you're right. You have to have confidence because if you don't believe it, are you going to take that step across that line when you know you're going to get smacked? (laughs) Right. So you have to have the confidence. Yang balance, right? You know, you think about the universe and the, the yin and the yang. You need both in order to be a balanced trader, I think. Right. And it just, on the first mind grasp, it doesn't quite sink in because it just doesn't seem to fit, but it's really necessary. Yeah. So, okay. Well, cool. So how about, you know, we talked about the learning curve, but what about like tough times? I know you're a grinder, so I know quitting probably never crossed your mind, which is sometimes you need to know when to change direction or try something new. But how many challenges, what were the biggest challenges that you faced so far? You know, I think the challenge of 
like everybody or even those that grow up, you know, you don't know what you're going to do, right? You don't know, you know, what profession you want to go into. I personally, I, for the life of me growing up, I always thought I was going to go into medicine. Like I said, I came from a family that there weren't, nobody in my family had a college degree, not my parents, not my grandparents, not my great, great grandparents. I was supposed to be the first in my family to go to college, to get a degree, to get a doctorate and to really make money. That was the way I was taught, you know, like most kids are. Go to school, get a college degree. That's how you make money. That's what the definition of success is. So for me, I guess that was what I thought I was always going to do. That's what I thought would make my parents proud. And it's funny because my mom's a real estate agent now and is very successful. Is again, very quickly become the best in Southwest Washington at what she does. But You know, growing up, I thought the educational route was the way to make a lot of money. And so it was life has been full of transitional stages and phases. And, you know, I've had countless trades where, you know, especially in the beginning, I lost. And I think for me, the the biggest lessons in life have come from the losses. But my goal, at least with Young Money Investments now has been to teach people through my own losses. You're going to have your losses, but keep them smaller. So there's a story like I wanted to share with everybody was, I think one of the cool things is probably two years ago that I met this guy and he had kind of started out, he was 22, 23 years old, I think. And he took $10,000 and he leveraged it with $20,000 in credit card debt. And I would never, never tell Talk about a risk, man. This is like financial advice, do not do, like red flags everywhere. Yeah, let me say this again. Do not do this. But he took <laughs> took ten grand, uh, twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt, so a thirty thousand dollar trading account, and he started shorting penny stocks. And this guy, we became friends. But he turned that thirty grand into roughly about three quarters of a million dollars over the course of six months. And you know, I watched him trade. He was a really nice guy. I watched him take a $1.4 million short on Dropbox one day. This was in the spring. And shortly after, you know, Dropbox had kind of IPO'd. And uh, he made like 120000 that day, 122000 The day before, he had made six figures as well. I think just over that period of time, he had made, you know, over 240000 in two days. And I thought, you know, here I had been trading for a while and I'm not going to deny I was jealous. I was like, like this guy's brand new. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How is it that this young dude, you know, at the time I was probably 25, you know, 26, I guess I actually would have been like 26, 27. And how is it that this young buck, this dude that's 23 years old is making hundreds of thousands of dollars in a day. And, you know, so over the course of this time, you know, we became friends Again, here's another crazy story. You know, I watched him and I actually gave him quite a bit of money. I won't go into that whole story, but, you know, so he did this and then he started losing. I know he had this short on IntelliSat, uh, ticker symbol I, and this company, he had lost like over 425000 on this one trade. And it was almost the straw that broke the camel's back. I watched this kid, you know, essentially that had made... Uh, money overnight. Again, he was didn't come from money, didn't have a whole bunch of money, make it all, lose it all. And then I watched him, helped him out. A lot of people helped him out. He really kind of became a kind of a famous underground trader in Provo, Utah. So this guy 
then finds out about futures, goes from trading penny stocks to futures. And I watch him turn 10K. These are all like documented. Like I saw the trades. You know, people sometimes go, this had to have been paper trading. Right, this, had to have been right. this was the real deal. And again, to me, it's kind of crazy because here I was an experienced trader. I had been around the block a few times, but I don't think I understood really that risk management. And I preach this over and over again. And so if you're listening to this, what is the most important lesson in trading? It's understanding that risk management trumps everything else. And risk management was that. He turned again another time that he was down on his luck, turns $10,000 into half a million dollars over the course of two weeks time. We're talking a 50,000% return trading futures. And like I said, turn that into half a million dollars. But Again, just like with that 30,000 to or 10,000 essentially to three quarters of a million dollars, he lost it all. He lost it all and then some. And it's sad. You know, I look at my, you know, this guy that's my friend now and has a couple kids now. You know, he was single at the time when he, on his ascent and the Tesla, you know, having the Tesla and courtside seats at the jazz games. And, you know, he was eating at the finest restaurants and taking trips to Europe and Hawaii. And it's sad for me because he is a good guy. But again, I was fortunate and I hope that, you know, my students are fortunate in the sense that you can learn from other people's life lessons. And honestly and truly, the stories are crazy, but they're true. They're real. And there are some hard lessons people have to learn in life. And those were some of them, you know? Yeah. So I got one thing I want to say about this. And then I have a question too. So I'm going to follow it up with a comment. So the comment is, even though we put up the big stop sign and the red light and everything, and we said, do not do this. I guarantee there are people that are listening that are thinking, I can do that. <laughs> and the reason I know is because that's probably what I would have thought if I was listening. I'm like, okay, this is an idea, right? Even though yeah. people are saying no. So that's just the comment. I thought I could do it too. I mean, yeah. in a sense, right? Yeah. You know, we all think we can. Yeah. And then the question is, so to go from your friend, from the tops to the bottom, like how has he responded is it like the life sucked out of him or is he still yeah. got some hope in there somewhere or like how's you know, he doing he still has hope and i think that is what is really cool is you know they say from ashes to ashes right you know it's kind of that old saying but he still wants to rise from the ashes like the phoenix and i think it's really cool but i've watched his personality change i've watched the demeanor i mean he used to be so happy-go-lucky and granted i met him at but kind of at this point in his life, that was the pinnacle. I mean, I met him at his apex, really, on his rise to success. And I look at him now, and the reason why I'm so against that is because he's not social anymore. I mean, he used to be famous on Vine. I mean, that's, I think he had like 30,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, it was because of Vine, like he made funny videos, you know, and that's just kind of his personality. I've watched how trading, though, can take someone like that and turn them into a social introvert, someone that doesn't want to talk to people. And so, yeah, it's cool. And yes, making money is the name of the game, right? But I have, it's funny because I'm still young. I'm still very, very young. You know, young money is the name of the game. But I feel old in the sense that I've seen all of these life lessons and I've seen people turn nothing into something and back to nothing again. And 
he's still, you know, struggling. He's still trying to figure things out and he's turned to gambling. I, this is again, a guy that I've watched turn a few thousand into $180,000 in a week betting on sports games. And again, it's so hard to watch because he's very lucky, but he's just not the same person that I knew. And it's sad. It's sad to let your profession dictate who you are like at your core. And so if I could just, again, there's another topic that I get very emotional about because it's like, this is people's lives we're talking about, you know? It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch because it's not just about the money. For better, for worse, changes people. And it's hard to watch your friends just kind of die in a way, you know? So I didn't plan on getting into this. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Casey? It's yeah. hard. It really is hard. You can't let the emotional roller coaster destroy you. And I've been so fortunate that it hasn't destroyed me, but it's very easy to let money destroy you. And that's why I do what I do. I don't want it to destroy anyone. If you don't learn from history, you're going to make the same mistakes over and over again. It would be a shame to let history repeat itself when you could have avoided it altogether. Each week, the Finance and Markets newsletter features a financial history lesson to help you grow. Go to the link in this episode's description to subscribe. Yeah, that's good stuff. Thanks for sharing. And I just feel like just trying to think about what it's like, right? When you go through an experience like that, it's actually a heavy weight to carry on your shoulders because now you're living with failure. And I know for me, I think probably... I'm a guy that believes in no fear and that fear is a liar and that we need to conquer all of our fears. And yet inside my biggest fear is failure. Right. And so even every day, like I look and I'm like, oh man, I was supposed to have this done. I was supposed to have this. I was supposed to do that. My friend who is 10 years younger than me just passed me up. And like, I've been working harder than him. I'm smarter than him. And He's better looking than me, but that doesn't mean anything, you know, but like that failure, like, oh man, I should have done this. And so carrying that weight of failure and carrying that weight of shame and carrying all of those things as baggage, that is hard to rise up from because nothing will hold you down like of just carrying that weight. Are you tired of feeling lost in the world of trading and investing? Get informed and inspired with the Talking Trading Podcast. I'm Louise Bedford, and I'll help you navigate the markets like a pro. Tune in each week and subscribe now at talkingtrading.com.au or on your favorite podcast app, or check out the link in the show notes. Talking Trading, this is how traders excel. Yeah, no, and I think I'm the same way. That is the biggest fear in life. I don't want to be a failure, right? I don't think any of us do. And that's, again, I think at its core, what Young Money Investments is about is it's about making people successful. I mean, that is, I always laugh because there are a lot of teachers out there that make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, again, do we all get a little jealous sometimes? Yeah, you know, I get jealous that they've been able to monetize their following so well. 
But really at its core, my goal is to, for better or for worse, prevent people from being failures and becoming what they want to be. And you can do that through trading. I think that's the cool part about it is you really can. And that's really what I've been striving to achieve and accomplish. And that's the goal. And that will continue to be the goal is make people as successful as they believe they can be. Yeah. And I love that you're trying to share those things that will go. They go a lot further than, oh, here's an entry and here's a stop loss. Right. I mean, this is deep and people don't realize it is deep. Trading is deep. I always say that it really basically is like everything else in life. It just covers so many different areas. And and your work is a big part of who you are, too. I mean, it's hard to compartmentalize what you do during the day and then what you do at night. It's really tough. It impacts me. So I got nine kids. And so I'm at work grinding all day. And when I get home, I'm trying to be Mr. Good Dad. But in the back of your mind, you're still thinking about everything, thinking about the markets, thinking about what you, who you're working with, what you were doing, what your plan is for tomorrow. It's just hard to like totally compartmentalize and let all that go. Yeah. I 100% agree. And, you know, and I don't have kids yet. So I, you know, I can't fully appreciate the weight on your shoulder as a parent, as a provider. But I mean, I am married and I can at least say that life doesn't get easier. And I think that's the thing that I've learned is, you know, going from my mid teens, right, you know, at 16 and, you know, thinking, man, I just want to be successful and getting into college. And again, I just want to be successful and then getting married. And then you have this, you do have a mantle on your shoulders. You have someone else you have to provide for. And life doesn't get any easier. There are periods of time where, you know, you're winning and things seem to be going really well and you're appreciating life. But life, the challenges never stop. And so you have to always almost hedge your position, right? And hedge your bets and realize that even when things are going good, you are being prepared for something down the road that is going to rock your world. And that's kind of the thing with trading that you may not see it lurking in the shadows, but there is always something there that is preparing to rock your world. And that's why in the good times, when burdens are light, you need to be preparing, you need to be using that opportunity. And life just comes faster than you think. I mean, I don't, I forget how old you are, but I mean, I know for myself, like I still look at myself as like, I feel like I'm like 21, 23. And it's weird to me that life has gone so fast and want to help others kind of realize that you got to be preparing now because it's going to come faster than you think. Yeah, that's good. That's a young money message right there. (laughs) That's definitely a young money message. Yeah, you need, we to, need to preach right? that. Start doing this. Young money message. That should be <laughs> the slogan, I think, right? Yeah, no, that's good stuff. So again, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, and then I want to talk about some specific boring trading stuff. So you were in college. You were going to be a doctor. And at some point, you yeah. had to just say, I'm not doing that. So tell me a little bit about what that decision was like and what the people in your life, how they responded and... Like, was there a lot of expectation there? And was it hard for you to make that decision? And what caused you to make that decision? Yeah. So it's really funny because I, you know, like I said, I always thought education was the keys to financial freedom or success, right? What the world had told us success was. And it's funny, a lot of your younger audience that's going to watch this will really kind of, they're going to forget because entrepreneurship when I was growing up, wasn't the sexy thing to do. It wasn't the cool thing. It was 
you know, go to school, become a doctor, a lawyer. And now, you know, with social media, I mean, Instagram wasn't a thing in high school. Facebook was bare. MySpace was still popular, you know, that's, that's dating. <laughs> but the social media platforms weren't there to really show you how cool entrepreneurship can be and really your unlimited earning potential that is through being an entrepreneur or owning your own business. And so for me, it was funny because the transition process took a lot longer. I think if I could tell anyone that is going to college or thinking about going to college or wants to go into, you know, owning their own business, my regret isn't going to college. My regret isn't wanting to go into medicine. My regret is not believing in myself sooner. You know, I was fortunate, like I said, I've always been a very safe person, which is funny, right? But when you don't have a lot and when you get something, you hold on to it. And so I didn't want to take risk. I didn't want, which is funny again, because here I am a trader, right? <laughs> it's an oxymoron. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to play it safe. And so for me, as I was transitioning, you know, I had this summer sales job, you know, I start out at 68,000 and then I'm making 80 something. And, you know, then I hit the six figure club and, you know, so I'm progressing up and it was about that time that I started to realize, you know, I'm like, well, I could do this whole sales gig, you know, I can go sell in the summer and trade through the fall and winter and spring, right? So for me, I think my biggest regret was maybe not foregoing the medical route sooner. And I was successful. Fortunately, again, you're not always going to be successful when you make the jump or the transition. But I had the nice cars, I had the Raptor and the Tesla. And, you know, so I was starting to see success when I made the transition and did Young Money Investments. My mom has always been proud of me. And so she, you know, whatever I did, I knew that I was going to have the support. But a lot of people out there aren't going to have the support. They're not going to already have the success. And so I think I do regret that I didn't take the jump sooner. And so you were playing it a little safer than what you would have liked. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. played it safe. And if I could do it, I know I could be further along now even. And some people might go, well, well you're successful. What are you complaining about? I want to win the game. And the game isn't about the dollar value necessarily. It's not about the monetary aspect of things. It's about seeing how far I can go. It's about seeing how far I can progress. You know, what are my limits? You know, and it's the same thing in the gym, whether, you know, I'm trying to get as big as possible. You know, I want to push the limits of what I can do inside. So my biggest regret is maybe not taking the risk sooner or taking the jump quicker. So yeah, I would just tell everybody, take it a little bit quicker. Yes, have a backup plan, but take it a little Did you sooner. have a backup plan? Yeah, I know I could go to medical school. You know, I could be an older doctor. You know, I always had good grades, but I also kind of regret that. Because it, the safety net can hold you back. And uh, that security is the biggest, you know, social security is horrible because it just, it's what you live for. You live for comfort. It becomes this drug, right? Like I need yeah. safety and security and then it handcuffs you. You can't do anything. Yeah. And I look at some of these times that I've had the biggest growth in my life and it's been the times that I don't have that backup net or that safety. And, and I've even went through that recently, you know, as I transitioned from door to door sales and that consistent six figure income annually, you know, I've transitioned over, I've, I'm creating algorithms, I'm making bots that will trade for me, hiring people to do that. You know, like I said, giving up that six figure income and taking a massive probably 75% pay cut, 
Um, and really focusing on young money, I don't make a lot of money teaching people. And so needing to transition from the sales to trading was a big jump. But again, following that thing that I tell all my students, you have to take risks in order to get to where you want to be is ultimately what you have to do. And I'm kind of practicing it as I preach it, you know, so. Yeah, I think about the college thing and where you're at. You didn't like have a lot of external pressure, but a lot of people are kind of pushed into it, right? And I'm sure you knew people like that. Like, it's like this family thing, like, okay, it's part of the family honor, right? And you cannot, it's almost like they don't have a choice. But if they buck that trend, it's like, okay, you're a disgrace to the family type thing. Yeah. And I've seen that a lot. You know, like I said, getting to work with a lot of people that are 18 to 24, I get the parents that are like, I have a I'm thinking of a guy that came out and sold this year and, you know, he's wanting to do real estate and he's wanting to do door to door sales and his mom's a nurse. And I think his dad has a degree as well. And it can be hard. It can be very difficult. And I hate being that guy that has to remind people, you know, it's your life at the end of the day, as much as you want to please people. And I'm definitely a people pleaser. I think the real self joy and the self fulfillment that I felt has only come After I've said, you know, I don't care what people think. I can't care. I have to do this because it feels good and it feels right inside of me. And and if I fail, who gives a, you know what? Like, okay. So they say, I told you so, or, oh, you should have stayed in college, you know? Hey, figure it out. (laughs) When you love this, I don't know if we can swear on your show, but like, I love this. Like, I eat this up. When you, and I watch a lot of Gary Vee and it like, it penetrates my chest. Like it really hits deep. You will eventually find something and whether it's trading or whether it's knocking door to door and building a team and building a group of guys around you or whatever it is. I don't care if it's selling Pokemon cards. Like you will find something in your life that you love so much that you don't care what anyone else thinks that you would give it all up because you feel good inside. And that's what trading has been for me. That's what it was. That's when I finally made the jump was I was like, I don't care what people think. I don't care that my YouTube videos don't get views. I love this and I am going to be really, really good at this. I am going to make a lot of money and I'm going to prove to myself, not to anyone else. I'm going to prove to myself that I can do this. And that was when I made the jump. And I wit- that's the regret I have is not doing it sooner. Yeah. Wow. This has been pretty good conversation. I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm learning a lot here. So thanks for sharing. I think the audience is going to enjoy this too. You know, when you say, I feel like there's got to be something inside, right? It's got to come from within. It's like a little fire that burns. It's like this passion, right? So I was doing an exercise the other day, trying to find my skills that I'm good at, right? Even at 44, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm good at. And the thing that I've identified for myself is the fire, right? That's not like a skill. It's just something that's inside of me. I literally cannot put that fire out, right? I mean, life, again, we talk about humility, but life will try to put that fire out, but it's still in there and it's burning. And I feel like you're a guy that has that inside. I don't know where that comes from. I didn't go in and light that fire when I was a youngster. It was always inside of me. Yeah. You know, and here's the thing. You see a lot of quotes on Instagram. I've thought about this a lot lately. I see those quotes, though, that, you know, it's like thanking God or thanking the universe for that fire inside of you. 
And I'm really actually a big believer in the fact that everyone has that fire. It's just buried a lot of times. It's buried underneath those preconceived notions. It's buried under self-doubt. It's buried under a lot of emotional baggage that we all carry in one way, shape, or form. I think the problem is most people don't believe they have that fire. And, you know, people go, I get the question a lot. How do you do what you love? How do you monetize and find the thing you love to do? Because really the reason I'm successful is because I can spend, literally there was a day last week I worked for 21 hours straight. I took my Vyvanse, I had my pre-workout and I sat my butt in this chair pretty much for 21 hours. I would get up and get some food and, you know, shake it off a little bit. But I worked for 21 hours straight and that whole week I went to bed between 12 and 3 a.m. and woke up at 6 a.m. every day for the markets to open at 6.30. And how did I do that? I think it was because, yes, I had that fire, but it was because I was willing to grind. It was because I was willing to expose that fire, you know, and I think everyone goes, well, how do you know if you have it? Everyone has it. It's how much are you willing to put into it? And that comes from discipline, I think. If you can have that self-discipline, for me, you will eventually find that fire. And whether it's for trading, you know, or helping people with their businesses like you do, you just have to expose that fire because it is in all of us. We just sometimes don't believe we have it, I think. Boy, that's good. That's really good. So the question is that I want everyone that's listening, where's your passion level at, right? Where's it at? If it's hot, then great. Keep fanning the flame. If you think that it's gone or you can't find it or you don't know where it's at, you need to figure it out. You need to find a way to get that thing going, find out what will get you going and go after it. For me, I think the biggest thing, and this is, for me, it's been a little easier because it's always been there and I just had, but action, taking action is so critical. Like the more you delay, if spark comes up, an idea comes up and you don't act on it, the longer you delay on taking action, the more stifled you're going to be. Even if it's just a little tiny baby step and it scares the life out of you, find it and just go after it. Yeah. Everyone has that fire. Like I said, I wish more people understood. We all have that fire. It's just, are you willing to expose it? Are you willing to fan the flames? Like, are you willing to grow it? Because we all, you innately have that. That's how you survive. That's how you're alive. But you have to fan those flames, I think. Cool. Well, you know, I was going to talk about strategy, but after this, I can't even go there right now. So here's the deal. If they want to get your strategy, they're just going to have to come to Young Money Investments and find out. And so that's what I recommend everybody do. So I know you're on YouTube and Instagram and you've got your group. Tell me a little bit about your group, what you guys do and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the group, what's really cool about it is, I mean, it's for everybody from those that know literally nothing about trading. I mean, you could put your mom in Young Money Investments and take the course and you can go through and it starts from Young. So I have Young Money Investments University and the Young Money Investments Private Mentorship and the group is the Private Mentorship. But we have different sections. I mean, there is the investment section. So for those that don't have a lot of time to really spend a lot of time in the markets. It's for those people. I have a lot of guys that are full-time college students or people that are working full-time in the group. And, you know, swing trading is really was my bread and butter that got me into the trading sphere. But then it's also for those that want to day trade 
or those that can only day trade for the first hour. You know, there's a lot of guys that are in there that they only trade for the first couple hours of the day or hour, hour and a half of the day. They call it quits. They go off to their job. A guy, I have a doctor, I have a nurse, a few nurses. I have attorneys. I have electricians. I have your blue collar workers that are in there college students, some guys that are in high school that their parents had to open their accounts for them. So really there is everybody in the group and it, it's really for everyone. But, you know, like you talked about earlier, futures is for me the bread and butter of what I'm doing currently and teaching how to manage risk and emotion. I think for me, it's not about starting and understanding the numbers. It's not about understanding the charts and the graphs I really focus mainly on emotion and risk management. And as we start with those almost human skills, we start working into how that correlates to the data, the statistics, the probability. And for me, my trading edge is statistics and probability. I find the comfort, again, I play it safe. And so for me, my edge is understanding the statistics. What are the odds? What's the probability? And futures is nice because there's not a bunch of charts. There's one chart. And so the group is really centered around understanding emotion, probability, statistics. And from there, it can branch out into whatever part of the market you want. You know, like I said, whether it's long-term investment, swing trading, day trading, it all centers around that one thing, which is emotion and risk management. That to me is where we start. And then it branches out. And it's really cool. It's We have guys, we have girls there's people from all walks of life in the group, which I like. And it's a small group. It, it's not one of those groups where it's crazy and it's hectic and there's a million people, you know, messaging and commenting. I try to keep it pretty calm because it's scary when you're first starting out. And so then you have longer term and then I know you're into day trading, right? So like that means yeah. you're going to be in front of the screen and you're going to be taking multiple trades a day. So is there two different segments for each group? Like one person would join the day trading group, then the, uh, someone else would join the investment education swing trading side. So we have tabs in there and, you know, some people, you know, have the settings set. So they only get the alerts for investments and swing trading sections. And some people want the constant messages, you know, during the main chat, you know, where it's all the day trades. It's all one group. Like I said, we're 60 some members in the group. So we're small. We're kind of a close knit community. But at the end of the day, you know, it's everyone is there to help and to lead and guide and answer questions. And, you know, I have guys that have been in there since the very beginning, you know, a couple of years ago. And it's cool because you get to see them help other people as well. And they're really, really good traders as well now. So everyone's in that one group. But there is the course, though, as well, you know, and that's kind of like the I was compared to like the group is like the classroom setting. The textbook is like the course. You have to do your homework. You have to go through the course. You need that textbook or else you're not going to do very well in the class. You're not going to understand the topics that are being discussed. Are those two different programs? So you buy the course first, then the group or they, is it one deal? Yeah, you can do it separately. When you buy the course, you get a month of the mentorship and the live chat okay. as well for free. And then from there, you know, if you want the group, the classroom setting, then it's monthly. Okay. So to me, that sounds like the best option because you're going to need the course anyways. So you might as well just get the course, get the free month of the group, 
to see what's going on. And then if you want, you can continue to sign up with the monthly later if you, you like know, what you see. You sold it for me. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. So then you're on YouTube, your Young Money Investments on YouTube. On Instagram, it's Young Money Investments. And then your website is youngmoneyinvestments.com. Yep, exactly. So we're getting everything, you know, I have it on, on a couple platforms right now, but that is going to be the best place to find the course and get signed up in the group. I'm on Instagram daily. I mean, that's where I'll post a lot of, I guess if you want to call it inspirational content, but some of my life lessons and all that kind of stuff on there, you know, some of the trades and stuff that we're taking, you know, so I'm on Instagram daily. YouTube used to be very consistent. I'm just finding it's 2020 has been crazy for everybody, but it's been hard for me to put out the content there with the group, but we'll do more YouTube videos as time goes on, hopefully in 2021. But yeah, that's where you can find all that stuff. And I always encourage everyone, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, you know, send me a DM. I love helping people. I really do love answering questions from people that have never placed a trade to guys that are very experienced and back testing and looking at the data, the raw data and really building strategies, you know, that's where I'm at. And so I'm there to help whoever, you know, from the very inexperienced to experienced traders as well. Okay. So there was one thing that you forgot. Do you know what it What's is? <laughs> no. You forgot to tell everybody about your coupon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So I do have a coupon for the mentorship. We're doing a 75% off coupon for anyone here uh, that's listening to the podcast and it is trade it 75 is the coupon code uh, hopefully there will be like a link maybe in the description we have a description the link the code everything all of these links will be in the description and the Perfect. code as well so if you're Perfect. listening yes. go check that out so we'll have that down there that's actually even bigger than the black friday discount that i did so it's the largest discount i've ever done so 75% off for the first 25 folks that come from the podcast. And I'd love to have everyone in there, you know, whoever wants to get in that, whether you're just starting out or like I said, if you're listening to the podcast, you've probably been around the block in terms of trading. And this is, it's a great place for you, I think as well. Yeah. And if you're interested in futures too, you might be in stocks or other things, but future sounds really cool. You might want to check it out. But overall, I would just say, Cameron, thanks for sharing. Thanks for really going the extra mile on being open and sharing. So I think anybody can just know from listening to you that you're the real deal and they're going to get a lot of value, right? A lot of value. So go there, use that coupon, get the value and just take that chance. I will like money back guarantee if you do not get 10 times the value out of, you know, what you're putting in, you know, for that first month and everything. It takes time. I always tell everybody, you do need to give it, you know, at least four to six months. That's the thing about trading. People, I think, want to give up really quickly. You got to give it at least four to six months to really see if it's right for you. But I mean, I am a big believer that I put out 10x the value, the, the energy that I'm putting out should be 10 times the cost to you. And so I just want to see people succeed. I really do want to see people become profitable traders and find the niche in the market that works for them. There are so many niches, right? You know, we've talked about, you know, day trading and there's shorting and there's penny stocks and there's large cap and there's options and there's futures. And there are so many niches, but 
I think, you know, the one-two punch that I've loved is you have your swing trading, your stocks, and then you have your futures and day trading. I think it's the best one-two punch, you know, to manage risk and diversify, but there is so many different ways out there. And my goal is to help everybody that... So would you roll up, let's say you make a lot of good profits on day trading, you want to keep your day trading account at a certain level, would you roll profits out of day trading into the stocks? 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's why, like I said, I, that's why I still long-term invest. That's why I still swing trade is because I have a certain amount. And that's the thing. The cool thing about futures is the liquidity. I mean, you could be trading a very, very large account, right, with futures, whereas you can't be trading a half a million dollar account with shorting penny stocks. That's not going to, it's not going to fly for you. But yeah, that's really, again, risk management. And my strategy is, you know, keep your day trading account at a specific value and then roll that into those long-term investments, roll that into, you know, your swing trades and, you know, and just kind of let that cascade down the levels of waterfalls, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. definitely makes a lot of sense and it's good if you can execute it, but really smart dude, Cameron. Thanks for being on the show. Really enjoyed the time today. You're welcome. I had a ton of fun getting to share some of the crazy experiences that I've had over these past several years. So thanks for having me on, Casey. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode of the How to Trade a Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you go to Young Money Investments. Check out Cameron. And if you like today's episode, go to Apple Podcasts and give us a thumbs up and a review, please. Thank you. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.